I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. My guest today is an attorney who learned to code in 2019, and today is a software engineer at GoDaddy. Her interest in tech started in law school, and then she attended Ada Developers Academy to make the career switch, which is where she and I met. You know, you're gonna end up where you need to be. Things usually work themselves out, like you put in the work, you put yourself out there, so they'll work out. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. Her name is Shamira Marshall. Shamira, welcome to We Belong Here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be speaking with you today. It's such a joy to have a friend uh, join me as the guest and the opportunity to learn more about you. I'm so excited. Likewise, and happy to be here. This is like a full circle moment. It went from you being my mentor all the way to like me being a software engineer and actually in the field. So that's so cool. It's so, it's so, I mean, I never doubted you. I knew that you were going to be a, just a kill at powerhouse in this industry the moment I met you. So yeah, it is really wonderful though to see your trajectory. And I think it'd be fun for us today to kind of go back in time, start at the beginning, and maybe you can tell me all about those different experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry. For sure. So before I got into tech, I was an attorney in Chicago. Um, my last role, I was assistant counsel to the speaker for the Illinois House of Representatives. So okay. I worked down in Springfield. So that, okay. And so you went to law school and what were you doing in that role? And what, what did that consist of? What was it like living in Springfield that's so different than Chicago? You know, like there's mm-hmm. just so many pieces to that. <laughs> yeah. So the, the title sounds fancy, but, um, the title officially is assistant counsel to the speaker for the counsel Illinois House of Representatives. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, it definitely has like a some fancy <laughs> sparkle to it where I'm like, ooh, impressive. <laughs> She's fancy. But, <laughs> but internally, they call this technical review. Okay. So what I would do, so specifically, I was in charge of the consumer protection committees and a few of the business related committees. So I would handle all of the bills that went through that committee and I would write summaries and take that legalese and write it so the representatives could understand that language and the interested parties. Another part of that role was working with like the interested parties and the reps for bill drafting and things like that. Just a ton of communication, a ton of adapting to different types of law and things like that. So that's what I did. Interesting. So, so you've told me before that you became interested in tech though, and coding specifically while, you know, even early in your career when you were going to school for law. Can you tell me more about that? For sure. So coming into law school, I kind of was up in the air and didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So I was pretty Mm -hmm. open-minded and we have our uh, required classes that we all take the first year, but then the second and the third year we can pick classes. And I leaned towards intellectual property um, and wanted to go the, or thought I wanted to go the IP route. So I took like trademark classes, copyright classes, data privacy classes, and my interest into coding or just my first introduction into tech was in a copyright class. 
So in that class, they covered the Google Oracle API case. And this was like back in 2015. And they're just now, the Supreme Court just ruled on this case this past year. So yeah, I, I was reading the decision and the decision was talking about APIs. And I was like, what? is an API. What is this? What is going on? So I did more research into figuring out what an API was um, and kind of went down a rabbit hole. And then that, (laughs) exactly, because it was like, okay, I don't even know what coding is. I don't know what an API is. This decision doesn't make any sense. Right. How do you level up your understanding of the case itself if you don't know the subject matter and what they're talking about in any means? Yeah. Oh, I never thought about it from that lens. But of course, Mm -hmm. then you're... curious to learn more about, you know, what they're actually arguing over, I imagine. Exactly, exactly. And (laughs) going through all that research, um, I somehow ended up on Codecademy. And I did the very, yes, (laughs) the very intro, like, okay, HTML, CSS, like, take this intro course. And I did that. And literally, like, changing the button, you know, a different color and creating those things with CSS. Like, I was hooked. I was like, okay, I can see myself doing this, but I'm still in law school. Yeah. (laughs) And you still have a ton of homework, like, good for you for even managing to take on another class or assignment, essentially, (laughs) while in school. Like it was more so like I appreciate that, but it was more like mm, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do in law yeah. or if I want to practice. Like I yeah. was okay with being someone non-traditional even as an attorney. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, what am I interested in? And tech kind of drew me in. But the way my law school loans were set up, I knew I had to at least finish law school. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And try to practice for a little bit because it was still something that I was curious about. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great to have that then almost in your back pocket, knowing that there's this other thing that you're interested in while navigating life after law school. So how long did you, what was that period of time like uh, after law school before then attending ADA? Um, Mm -hmm. How long were you in the attorney life, if you will? (laughs) Yeah. So I graduated law school in 2016. And my first job out of law school was actually at a legal publication, which was really cool. So I worked at this place called Law Bulletin Media, and I was an editor for that company. And they were producing different legal articles about um, just the the law community in Chicago. Oh, cool. Um, So I worked there and that was really cool. And that was another intro because part of that role was they were switching over into more of a software database and trying to archive their articles and switch those over so people could have access to those. So a lot of that was like HTML tagging and things like that, which was really Mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I ended up getting an opportunity uh, at the speaker's office. And I'm like, okay, well, this is something I have to take because this is actually writing the laws. Um, So I took that and saw pretty early on that it was something that I knew I didn't want to do long term. Okay. So I'm like, OK, like you've tried this for a few years. You've been out of school for a few years. Yeah. Let's start getting more serious about learning how to code or figuring out what that looks like for you. Um, I didn't know if it was going back to school or if it was getting into a boot camp or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I just started Googling and figuring out how I could get into tech and I told you before about Codecademy, but then I saw boot camps and those were like 
thousands of dollars yeah. and those just weren't accessible to me at the time. I couldn't justify paying that kind of money to go back to school for something that wasn't guaranteed. Um, yeah. And then I came across Ada and yes. that <laughs> was the dream. So yeah. Right. Okay, cool. So take me there. Talk to me about Ada Developers Academy. I've talked about it on the show before as also being a grad myself, but from your perspective and your lens, you know, what was that experience like? I mean, I just think back onto it and as you described it, it was like, oh my gosh, this is a possibility for me. Like I can go to a program like this that is fully funded a year long for women and gender diverse folk. Like check, check, check. Like all of, I mean, so overwhelming to discover it. What was your experience like? Yeah. So first I didn't believe that it was true and I had to like, I can relate to do that. more yeah. research. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, sure. Because it sounds like a utopia. <laughs> exactly. Like, wow. Okay. So there's no tuition. There is an internship built into the program that's actually like long enough where you could get some practical experience and put that on your resume, like what is right. happening? The only thing I was kind of hesitant about, because at the time you had to move to Seattle to be part of the program. Right. And I wasn't so sure about that, but I knew I wanted to get into tech and I was like, okay, if I can get into this program, then I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to move to Seattle and give it a hundred percent. So that's what I did. And I guess to say a little bit more about Ada, as you said, it's a program for women and gender diverse people. Um, it's an 11 month long program. Yeah. So six months in the classroom, five months of an internship. And then depending on the person, you'll either convert and stay at that company or you'll um, interview because they even hold interview loops, which is great after your internship yeah. where you can get opportunities and offers from other companies. Yeah. So that's all about Ada. Yeah. And, and there's, I mean, there's so many pieces to it too. Like when you attend, you're paired and partnered with an industry mentor, someone in the industry that you can kind of practice whiteboarding with and, and maybe shadow and see what their day in, day out looks like just as a dev on a team um, when you're kind of learning the foundational pieces. And then we also have Ada mentors of, you know, prior grads um, and whatnot. And so that's where you and I were introduced to one another. I had just graduated the program and I wonder if it was the Chicago thing. I'm from there as well, that that was why they paired us together. But it always just felt very meant to be that we were like, oh, I just loved collaborating with you. And then we also have the GoDaddy overlap as well. And so there's just been so many things um, that have been, you know, part of our journey collaboratively together. But those, those are all pieces that I don't, you know, I would say differentiate the program from others also, um, because those are just kind of those relationship kind of foundational pieces are really important when starting a whole new industry. For sure. I completely agree. And it's something about that community because mm -hmm. switching careers is hard enough, but um, having that Ada community and I've made lifelong friends, people that I still talk to to this day, or even just catch up non-tech related, yeah. um, I think is uh, invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And and a very wide network of, you know, for Slack also, mm -hmm. just for all the grads and folks to kind of share job opportunities and resources with one another. 
uh, which I'm super forever grateful for. Also, look at us. We're like a walking billboard for this program. I <laughs> promise we're not sponsored. We just really are appreciative of the opportunity they gave us. But let's see. Okay, so looking back on it, what would you say kept you from entering the tech industry before you did? Was it just your primary interest was law You know, out of college? And so that was what you wanted to explore first? So it was a couple things. I definitely wanted to try out law. Um, Because I was already in school and I went as far as thinking back now, I went as far as in law school, figuring out if I could do some sort of dual degree. Oh, cool. Which was really like, because I saw other students, like it made more sense because people were getting like their master's in social work while they were getting their JD and right. or, um, their MBA JD. But I yeah, was I've like, heard okay. of that. Yeah. You're like, so where's the coding JD? Let's uh, put <laughs> right? that one together. <laughs> Can I do like a computer science JD? Like, is that a thing? Oh, and I remember so meeting with, just talking to the different parties. So I talked to the law school, I talked okay. to the um, master's in computer science program and it was very much like new territory. Like, what is she talking about? Like, what does she mean? So it was definitely like a, it wasn't something at the time that I could merge. It was more like Mm -hmm. a, okay, you're going to have to add this on. So there are no like overlapping classes or anything like that. And I was like, okay, so that would be two more years of tuition, two more years of school. And I still want to try practicing law. So that's just not going to be an option for me. So it's like, okay, finish out school um, and see how that goes and how your jobs outside of law school go. And then then just sort of kept going forward. And then once I got to the speaker's office and I knew because that was at my time, my dream job. Mm-hmm. So I figured out then like, OK, my dream job isn't exactly what I thought thought it would be. And I don't see myself doing that long term. Um, so that was more like, OK, let me get more serious and let me um, look up and find Ada Developers Academy. And even getting into that, there. They say there's no technical experience required, which I think is true, but I still wanted to have like a brief intro into tech and like knowing a little bit about at the time we had to learn Ruby um, Mm -hmm. and create a project in Ruby. So I was like, okay, well, let me take some beginner classes in Ruby Mm -hmm. and figure that out. And all of that was through like free resources. Yeah. YouTube. I remember even when I was in Chicago, um, Learning at the time, I started going to meetups. That was really instrumental in building that community just where I was at. Um, everyone was so welcoming. I remember mm-hmm. going to girl develop it meetings, uh, women who code meetings. And then there's this tech hub in Chicago called 1871. And a lot of those meetings were there. So it's like a startup co-working tech space. Cool. Um, so just kind of emerging myself in community and in that developer community was super helpful in making that transition. We should say also two pieces about the current program at ADA. One is that it no longer requires you to be in person. They have a remote version or kind of mm-hmm. uh, track available as well, as well as the in-person one, I believe. There's a Seattle one. Is that correct? I think and so. Then, they just started that. But then also they've switched from Ruby to Python in in curriculum which is interesting um and keeping with i have a i have a current mentee that's in the program and 
sometimes they ask me questions about Python and I struggle to give answers, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the curriculum also in tandem with them and, and, and learn alongside so that I, I can answer questions better. Okay. So then let's take me, take me to today and tell me about GoDaddy. Tell me about what mm-hmm. you do as a software engineer there. Yeah, so I work at GoDaddy and I'm currently on a team that runs experiments to increase activation once a product is bought. And then our team also works on insights. So a user can see metrics once they start using their website. So a lot of people, yes, GoDaddy doesn't just offer domains anymore. Like there are other things. Website builder. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, an email, all that stuff. So I work on those experiments, getting people to use their products and then showing them how their products are helping their business. Yeah, I love it. So GoDaddy was my first job outside of Ada and was yours also. But you you did your internship there as well. So can you tell me about what your experience was like interning there versus now being kind of a full-time software engineer on, at, at the company? Or, or is it different at all? Yeah. Uh, so interning at GoDaddy was great, actually. I worked on a different team than I'm currently on, but it was very much like they just kind of threw me in there, but with help. <laughs> so, so I remember, you joined like, as a member of the team, essentially, like exactly. go pick up some tickets. <laughs> right. It, which was kind of overwhelming, to be honest. Totally. Like the second day I, they gave me a ticket, but it was like, a, okay, you're going to pair with the senior engineer and right. you're going to learn the code base as you're working on this ticket. So they just kind of threw me in there. I was part of the team. I was expected to take tickets and finish those tickets, but also ask questions like questions mm-hmm. were expected and meeting with I had a mentor um, and then I also met with my manager pretty regularly so it was very much like practical we're going to use the code you write that's going to be in production which was really cool yeah I love it I mean I I I look back on it now in my internship, they had me work on a project they gave me a project kind of in my first week and I was not isolated, but I was in that silo, essentially working on that project that the team wanted. It was kind of a low priority thing that they had brainstormed at one point and put it on their backlog. It was a bigger thing than anyone would necessarily put into like a current sprint and it wasn't super important. So they're like, oh, let the intern do it. And I look back and I, I, I almost am envious of that sort of your experience of it because you just kind of got to experience what it's like to be a developer on a team and simulate that really, really quickly where it wasn't realistic for me to imagine that this is what it's like to be an engineer at Amazon and be working on a project for five months, which is what ended up happening. Um, so I like the way that GoDaddy does it. I think that that is thoughtful in a way of like, just welcome to life as a dev. Like, here you go. <laughs> we'll be here right. to support you. But like, it is, I remember you explaining that to me and being like, oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like it really worked out. Yeah, it ended up working out. It's definitely like uh, sometimes you just got to jump in there and try. Exactly. Um, And I think the difference is because that can um, it can be hit or miss with things like that, too. If people are just like giving you things and expecting you to produce. But I think there was also with GoDaddy that expectation of like, we know that she is just starting out. This is an internship. She's here to learn. So I think that. Yeah. 
couching that around jumping in and getting started is what helped. Right. And then there wasn't, the manager wasn't like, why isn't this ticket done? (laughs) Which which, like sometimes can happen now when you're a full-time dev, I imagine. But hopefully there's a good dialogue of like in a standup of why things are, if they are delayed. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but okay. So now looking back on it, do you notice that your skills that you developed in your, your law career, does that ever like impact or influence or support help even your role today as a software engineer? For sure. I, with law, there was just a lot of problem solving and Mm. analyzing. Of course. Um, Right. (laughs) And well, specifically what I did a ton of communication and I noticed like with software engineering, there's definitely that problem solving in the analytical aspect. Mm hmm. Working with experiments specifically, there involves some communication because you have different interested parties. Sometimes we'll run experiments on other apps. So we'll have to work with the team that owns that app or we'll have to work with design or we'll have to work with like RPMs and the PMs from the other teams or the experimentation team. So that collaboration, I think, is something that I kind of take from law, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. in that type of communication. Yeah. I, I think that cross team collaboration thing is that piece in particular, I've noticed that Ada and boot campers in general is an area that we thrive in because that it that is very similar to what a lot of us were doing prior to learning to code. And we can navigate it pretty well. And it's it's definitely an asset and something to, you know, while interviewing in the future, lean into and kind of own in your narrative, if you will. So I, I think that, that that's awesome to hear you kind of name it and see it in practice each day, especially on the experiment team. Uh, can you share any life lessons that you've learned from your transition to tech? Yeah, so... I have a few life lessons, actually, (laughs) like current life lessons that I'm still kind of working through. Navigating. Um, Yeah. Yes. (laughs) But I guess my biggest lesson, especially like deciding to transition into tech and Mm -hmm. being overwhelmed with like what to learn, because switching careers and learning how to code can be pretty overwhelming. It's a big concept. (laughs) There's so much and there's so much information, too. Mm-hmm. So I guess segmenting my learning was super helpful. Mm-hmm. So like I would pick something like, okay, I'm interested. I want to learn about React. Then I would break that down and it's like, okay, what in React am I interested in learning about? Okay, I want to learn about React hooks. So I'm going to watch something or however, like I learn best through like watching tutorials and then implementing those tutorials. Um, So I'm going to watch a tutorial about React and then I'm going to make something on my own. Like I'm going to copy that tutorial or just follow along with the tutorial and see what they're making. And then I'm going to adapt that into something that I want to make. So, okay, I'm using that concept. I've got the concept of React hooks. Now let me make something that I want to make that uses React hooks. And then like doing that over time helps build um, what I've learned in my knowledge base. And then it's like, okay, it's not so overwhelming mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think segmented, segmenting is a really hard thing to learn actually, because when you learn a concept, it's so easy then to like, um, I'm imagining this like 
spiral effect or a, a web of like, when you learn one thing, then you suddenly have a million other questions. And so then you can easily tunnel into one of those pieces. And mm-hmm. then suddenly you're like so off track from what your original goal is. And so I think, yeah, just saying very clearly, like, this is the goal this today. I want to learn this or this week. I want to understand hooks as a concept and not allowing yourself to then I mean, it's okay to get distracted every once in a while, right? <laughs> but like, it's just very easy in tech to then squirrel away into some hole that you're like, where am I now? I don't know what I'm learning about right now. Or like, I'm suddenly way more confused than when I started. So I really appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yes. It, it's something I still have to do. Even when like, maybe I'll pick up a ticket and it's um, something new that I have to learn. It's like, okay, like, let's break this down into something smaller and just learn that and go from there. And then something else I would say that I, a life lesson that I've learned with this career switch and getting into tech is um, you kind of touched on it before, but your previous skills are an asset. Yeah. Whether it's coming from a previous career or a skill set you've learned Mm -hmm. or even like an instrument or something there's, you had to put in that work and you had to learn to master that skill. And that's something that you can take with you into technology, whether mm-hmm. it's like um, pattern learning or analyzing or problem solving or communicating. That previous skill set is an asset. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and framing that narrative too of like, I have demonstrated grit by Mm -hmm. deciding to learn this as a second career dev or to make this career change. I have figured out how to make this happen on my own and to learn it, to, to learn the art of interviewing, like whiteboarding and all these just (laughs) incredibly foreign concepts to people that are outside of the tech industry. And here I am surviving, maybe thriving, who knows? But I just think that is really compelling now as a, as you know, being on the hiring end of things, I can see that that is, that's an asset and something absolutely I look for in folks when joining, you know, looking for folks to join a team. So yeah, I appreciate you saying that for sure. And something I need to like continuously practice in my head and tell myself too, because it's (laughs) (laughs) okay. So can you tell me about a time that you felt like an outsider and maybe how you've dealt with those feelings? Yeah, there have been a few times where I've kind of felt like an outsider. Most recently, I would say coming into tech, feeling like an outsider, sure. switching careers, like and thinking, okay, I had my career down mm-hmm. and almost feeling like you're starting over. Well, you are starting over with this new career. And <laughs> that make, made me feel like an outsider, Hold but on. I overcame it by just, I had to keep going. And that's how I overcame it. Um, little by little, And then I look back six months or you're doing like a performance review or something like that. And you're looking at all the stuff that you've done Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, like this, this is, it's coming together. I'm, I'm fitting in. Like I found my place. I found what I want to do. And this is, um, it just feels a lot better. And then I have another situation where um, even in law school and knowing that I didn't want to do something that was traditional. Yes. That made me feel like an outsider because you had like all my friends and all my classmates, they're like, okay, I want to do big law or I want to do a public interest. I want to work at a clinic or something like that. And I was more up in the air. I I didn't know what I wanted to do. (sighs) 
Yeah, that is, that is, I actually, I remember feeling that way at Ada also. Like the the conversations of, I want to be front end, I want to be back end, or like knowing exactly what's, you know, I'm going to be an Android developer and developing these sort of apps. And I remember feeling that way at Ada and feeling like, well, I want to find a way to blend my love for teaching with my new interest or like, how am I going? And, you know, I felt really lucky when I did discover the industry of developer relations within tech, Mm -hmm. because that has allowed me to blend the two, but feeling really confused for a while about, wait, I don't know if I love, love, love the problem solving that goes into just like the deeply technical work that I see other classmates thriving on each day mm-hmm. during the program. And yeah, I think just feeling, I don't think I, I, I voiced that very often though. I think I stayed quiet. So I think looking back on it, I wish I had, you know, talked more about it of like, I don't know if I l- love this or I, 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 I am feeling good at it and feeling successful at it. But like, I'm not sure that career-wise, what's going to bring me the most joy and maybe like started those conversations a little bit earlier, but. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you figured it out. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I think it is like, I guess I say all of that just to, I don't know if there are folks listening, there's a lot of very valid reasons to enter the tech industry, right? Like, first of all, our salaries are a ton more than, you know, a lot of other roles that we were doing potentially before we learned to code. And so that is like a totally fine and okay motivator. I think like Mm -hmm. I remember this kind of like toxic language that was used, or I would hear sometimes at meetups or maybe like, um, maybe at Ada itself sometimes, but just like, you know, the being here for the right, like right reasons and for the love of coding and, and problem solving and tech itself. And just being someone that like, wasn't ever, you know, hacking my, my, what is, um, or what is the thing that a lot of people, I don't even know what it is. The MySpace or Neopets. Neopets. That's it. Like I never did that. Like I never was like tinkering with HTML as a kid. I don't play video games. Like I, I just wasn't ever identifying with that particular narrative. And I think it's okay with, to enter the tech space or to be curious to launch into it for whatever reason that you feel compelled to do it. Like if you just want a life change or to explore something different, like I think that's totally acceptable and okay. I just don't, I'm not here for like the policing of why the motivators of why we're in the particular space that we are, but yeah. So we're here for you if you're feeling like that. Exactly. (laughs) Do you have any advice for those that are wanting to transition into tech that you could maybe share? Yeah. Let's see some advice for people wanting to transition into tech. Yeah. I would say um, to just get started, whether that's Mm. like going to a meetup or maybe a virtual meetup and meeting people in the space you think you want to be in, Mm -hmm. um, learning more from those people. And I think something else that I'm, I'm always working on and still kind of realizing today and have to remind myself of is people want to see you win. Like people mm. want you here. I want you here. Other people want you yes, in the do. space. Yeah. Um, so look for those people, like people like Lauren that have these awesome podcasts, like we belong <laughs> here. Like <laughs> that's someone that wants to see you win. That's someone that wants you in this space. So look for the people that want you here. And there are a ton of us out there. Yeah. It comes back to the power of community, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were speaking about earlier. And so that is 
you know, whether it's Twitter or a Slack group or Discord, you know, yeah, we all want you here and we are ready to help answer questions when you're banging your head against your keyboard because you're so confused about on something. Like, we get it. We are all there all the time. Yes. We have been there. <laughs> That is a normal feeling. Okay, let's, before we wrap up, let's do some rapid fire questions. Can you tell, what is your favorite app on your phone? Ooh, uh, right now, Spotify, because it has like my music, um, lo-fi beats when I'm trying to like focus and then also podcasts now. Yeah. Um, I've switched over from like the Apple podcast to Spotify. So yeah. Yeah, I, I've noticed analytics wise, I've had a, like a switch listenership in the past couple months also, which is interesting. And wait, have they come out with the wrapped 2021 yet? Ooh, like, it's coming. I always I like <laughs> am ready to post it in like <laughs> <laughs> or I'm mortified. I'm like, oh wow, that you you were feeling it this year. <laughs> Um, okay. What right now, what is your, what's your favorite tech stack these days? JavaScript. I code in JavaScript. So nice. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, you spoke to this earlier about, uh, but what your style of learning video tutorials mm-hmm. you said, and then like applied learning. Yes. Very much like visual looking at video tutorials. And then mm-hmm. I think it's called kinesthetic where you actually have to do the thing. Um, yeah. So visual and then actually applying it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, If you could go back in time and tell yourself some bit of wisdom, when would you pick and what would you say? I would go back to law school and tell myself that it's okay to be different and it's okay Mm. to not know what you want to do. Totally. (laughs) And, you know, you're going to end up where you need to be. Things usually work themselves out. Like you put in the work, you put yourself out there. So they'll work out. What, what are you, what are you excited to learn next? I'm excited to learn. It's not necessarily technical, but um, YouTube, you know, editing, that's what I want to learn. Oh, video. I'm, yeah, yeah. Love yeah, that. Video, edit- video editing and um, seeing how that's going to work because I've started um, sharing my experiences and writing just about um, different code concepts that I've wanted to learn. And yes things to make learning different concepts more enjoyable. And then I'm thinking about changing that into video form and writing some or filming some code with me's and editing that. Sweet. Let's get you on Twitch too. Yes. You join me. You can teach me some things or something on my Twitch channel. I have you do that too. Cause that's always an, oh, it's, yeah. it's a different platform. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited for all of it. We'll put a link to your YouTube channel in the yeah. show. How about let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> Yeah, and medium. <laughs> oh, and medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get it on Dev2 also. Okay. Okay. Sounds yeah. <laughs> so we, we've switched into career mode, but um, we will, we'll, we'll have that offline. Um, okay. So what, one final one. Um, the English teacher in me needs to know, uh, have you read a good book recently that you could recommend? Uh, yes, I, I have. <laughs> You're like, uh, it's okay. No. Have you ever seen a good TV show? I should also probably say. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have like, I've read a good book and it's not technical. Like if you're looking for something lighthearted, romancy, you Ooh, know, yes, love those funny, <laughs> um, I literally just read this over um, break and it's the unhoneymooners. Um, this is a cute little romance novel. I have seen that. I'm writing it down for myself. I haven't read it yet, but I've seen it on lists. 
No, I I really sway in the genres that I, but it really rarely is technical. Like I have <laughs> Asker developers sitting on my nightstand and I have made you know, the Twilio CEO's <laughs> book and I have like made it through half, and I really am interested in reading it. But like for whatever reason, yeah, the romance, the thriller, those pull me mm-hmm. in. I'm almost done with Midnight Library, and I think I want to recommend that one to folks. Um, that is pretty good so far. Okay, anyhow, okay, Shamira, make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? Yeah, so I would love for everyone to go check out some of the Medium articles that I've written. You can find me at Mira Marshall on Medium. Um, I'm getting more active into YouTube and just content in general, just making the space more welcoming and making tech content more digestible for people that want to learn. Um, So you can follow me on Twitter at Mira Marshall, but that one has three L's because two L's was taken. And then, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, so follow me on um, Medium, soon Dev2, Twitter, and coming soon YouTube and Lauren's Twitch channel. Heck yes. I am so excited for all of those things. I will include all of the links in the show notes for listeners. Um, But thank you so much for, for chatting with me today, telling your story and giving great advice to listeners. I know that, well, I appreciate it. I hope I'm sure that they will appreciate it as well. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at Lolo Coding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. Shoot me an email or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.